Yeah, so I was a coach at, at the Berg, Miami's Berg High School, and um, varsity varsity coach. And it's a Friday night, it's a away game, and we um, and then it started it started pouring pouring down at halftime, and the coach gave me um, a rain jacket for outside. So you know, for outside when we go back on the, onto the field, and I, you know, I didn't get wet for the rest of the game. But um, but it's that that memory has been coming back to mind during the, this time. It's it's come back to mind several times over the last week, where I just remember uh, a white man gave me his you know gave me the jacket that gave me a jacket you know he thought about me. So I wouldn't, you know, so I wouldn't uh, get drenched in my clothes coaching these, coaching on a Friday night. And um, I believe that's that's profound to me because it, it, it just comes back to mind um, uh, for a time of tragic and tension that's going on in America. And it's just simple acts of love, uh, simple acts of good deeds that I believe that we can just break through. It was a symbol of hope to me. Well, what is up, Floor Mike Podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode. Um, today, we have with us my friend, Mr. Rob Young. Rob, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. How you doing today? Good, man. Doing good. And yeah, absolutely no problem. Uh, Rob was Rob was somebody I um, I wanted to reach out to. Uh, you know, for, for, for pretty much everybody listening right now, I'm sure that I'm sure you, you have seen, uh, just the recent events in our country that have just kind of brought to light a lot of the, a lot of just really the racism and the injustice that still exists among us today, uh, that I would say many people kind of thought was behind us. Um, you know, we're starting to see that's really not true. You know, it's still is alive and well, and it still exists in our world. And, you know, I, I really, I started to think, I was like, man, I want, I want voices who can, who can speak from this, from a place of experience and can, who can help people learn, who can help people ask the right questions and who can help people get involved in a, in a meaningful way and in a God honoring way. And, uh, Rob was at the top of that list just cause I've, uh, I, I've been able to see Rob really just, uh, chase after the Lord and really just pursue God's call on his life. So I'll give you guys a little background. Rob is actually the brother of one of my friends from high school. Uh, my friend, Chris, Chris and I grew up playing sports together, playing basketball. And uh, so Rob was kind of always around. And then, you know, middle school, we would practice together and, and all that stuff between our teams. And so, you know, just somebody that, that I, that I always knew and, uh, you know, like I said, since high school, I've been able to, you know, albeit it's been from social media, it's been kind of from a distance. I've got to see Rob just really chase after God's call on his life and and pursuing uh, just uh, vocational ministry and just just a love for a love for the Lord. So uh, I knew he was somebody I wanted to be on. Um, but Rob, I'll hand the mic over to you for a minute and just kind of have you uh, give people a little bit of an update as to kind of what you're doing right now in life, where you're at, kind of what you're, what, what's happening in this season and maybe the next season to come. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. I got to, um, well, as for those just list, listening, I'm Robert Young from Miamisburg. Right now in my life, um, I am currently continue to pursue the call of God on my life. 
I'm studying here at Valor Christian College in uh, Columbus, Ohio. This year, I'll be uh, getting married in December to my wonderful fiance, Taylor Nicole, and um, just catching up and working at FedEx and and um, studying school is what I'm doing right now. Nice. Nice. So, Rob, I don't think we got to talk about that yet. We won't spend much time on this. But so uh, what are you doing right now at FedEx? Right now I'm a package handler, but I'm getting ready to be promoted to manager. Manager right now. Yes, sir. Nice. Nice. I I, I asked because I, I, I had a short stint myself with, with UPS. So um, did a little bit of package handling myself and a driver helper and uh, all of that stuff. So I was curious. Um, but that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, so, you know, as I, as I mentioned, guys, today, uh, we want to continue this conversation, this conversation about the injustice that has been at work and been at play in our country, in the black community. And, uh, you know, I don't only mean the injustice that's been at play, excuse me, I've been at play in the last couple of weeks, although a lot of it has been brought to light in the last couple of weeks, but really, the injustice and the um, the racism that's been at play in our country pretty much since inception, you know, for, for years and years now. Uh, so I wanted to invite Rob on because, uh, you know, Rob, Rob's somebody who's he, he's had some experiences himself with with this, um, just kind of with that covert racism, you know, as that's kind of a term that's that's being used a lot more these days. So I just wanted Rob to kind of speak about those experiences and kind of his his thoughts on that. And then, uh, you know, really, we're, we're both people. We, we love Jesus. You know, we're not going to hide that. So uh, we wanted to talk to about about hope, you know, about the hope that that is there, uh, especially concerning racism. You know, I don't want to talk about it in a kind of a, you know, in an only a negative way where, where it's just like, oh, racism is here. It's terrible. And then just kind of leave it at that because we do believe that there's hope. We believe that uh, there's healing and that there's reconciliation to be had here and that that Jesus can give that. So anyway, Rob, uh, I'll kind of hand the mic over to you for, for a little bit. If you got, if you don't mind kind of sharing, um, some of those experiences and just some of, uh, some of the things that we talked a little bit about, uh, around this topic. Yes. Um, I guess we want to go into the subject of what happened to George Floyd first. Uh, yeah, we can. Or you want to talk about experience? Uh, we can. We can talk about either one. We can talk about you know George Floyd specifically. Okay, I'll go into the experience and then we'll work in. Okay. So yeah, with George Floyd, uh, or with my experience with racism and injustice um, in our country, this is definitely a conversation that needs to be talked about, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. But um, there was a I had an encounter. With, uh, um, about a month ago, and I was I was working, and as I was working, I had someone that is a white guy that came up to me, and he said, "You know, I believe racism doesn't exist in our country." And it was it was like ten o'clock at night, and um, he came yeah he came up to me and he said, "I believe racism doesn't uh, really exist in our country." And I stopped and I I looked at him, and I and I said. What are you? Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? <laughs> I know I didn't say that in my mind. I didn't say that out loud, but I said that in my mind. And then after I got that statement out of my mind, 
I, I asked him the question. I said, do you not pay attention to what's going on in our country? Now, this was before George Floyd. Um, it was before the accident that happened with George Floyd. And, um, but this was during the time where the, were in Georgia, where the, where the guy in Georgia was hunted down uh, by two white, two white men that killed him while he was on the Yeah, Ahmaud Arbery, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Ahmaud Arbery. Yeah, Ahmaud Arbery. So it's, um, so that was, that was, that was, that was bad. So, yeah. So he said that during that time and I was like, uh, wow. Wow. So, and my thoughts, my thoughts and my feelings during that time was, I was, I was, I was like, I was one, I, I thought, I like, man, this guy is ignorant. He, he's blind. And um, then my second thought was, I'm about to say something. And then the third thought came to me. I'm not about to waste my, um, my energy or give attention to someone who's not informed. So, but I, however, I do believe though, that um, with that encounter, I believe that that encounter lets me know that today, that racism today is just believing that it doesn't exist. And um, that's something that we need to confront. But it's also something that has been confronted definitely over the last two weeks or so with the protests, with the protesting that's been going on and individuals from high places speaking out um a second do you want to talk about the second experience or um yeah we can i i uh just a quick question real quick though like when when he said that so was there since then has there been any sort of like kind of follow-up conversation on that or or did you just kind of i know you said in the moment you know you kind of just let it let it slide didn't want to waste your breath on it but was there ever like a circling back to that now that you know there's been all this other stuff that's happened yeah. was it was there ever like a hey man remember when you said this the other day <laughs> like so actually i was that wasn't even my area actually so it was uh so i was I, I was i'm from the green area and i was sent to a different area oh, okay to work there but i haven't seen the guy since but <laughs> if i if i definitely <laughs> see him again i'm gonna Job to have the best conversation I can with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those, uh, maybe a polite, maybe a polite, like, "Hey, I told yeah. you so." <laughs> yeah, I just believe that people should not speak on um, a topic or things that they're just uninf- not a- informed on or haven't educated themselves on. Yeah, you <laughs> really do. I mean, I'm I'm with you, and to be honest, like that's a that's a big part of the reason why you know I've been really wanting to have like voices like yours and, you know, other people who other people who have been on or will be on who are informed on this. And, you know, I think, I think for me, like, you know, I, I'll I'll be honest, like it's, I think I knew that racism was, that it existed. You know, I wouldn't have been somebody that said, Hey, racism doesn't exist in our country. But I think for me, like Mm -hmm. the, the phrase that I feel like, that that kind of God keeps putting in my heart and in my mind is Josh, you need to embrace the perspective that is not your own. And the reason that I say that is because, and the reason I think that he's giving me that is because racism has not been something that's ever affected me. You know, I'm a, I'm a white middle-class American male. And so, you know, the, the the concept of racism uh, affecting me negatively, it's just never been something I've had to deal with. And, you know, that's, that goes to show my privilege. Um, 
you know, so I'll, I'll own that. I, I'll say like, that's, it's just not been a part of my life. And so I, I wouldn't want to come on here on my, on this podcast and, you know, start talking about giving all my opinions on everything without any voices that are there to say, Hey, here's, here's kind of what this is really all about. So I wholeheartedly agree. And that's why that's a big part of the reason why, you know, you're on today and other people are, are going to come on and, and have been on. So I'm with you, man. Yes. Yes. And I appreciate you for, um, you know, for acknowledging that, you know, even it, it takes, it really, it takes a brave step for someone to acknowledge an action that they may have not been a part of, you know? Um, so it, it takes a brave step to acknowledge something, or, you know, to take ownership of something. Yeah. And it's really been, I mean, actually, I made a post about this the other day, and, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't want to make it about me. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, yeah. I made a post the other day just, and I'm I'm not somebody that posts a lot, um, but I felt like this one was kind of significant just because I felt like, uh, I felt pretty strongly that there was kind of a rebuke of me, like from God, about the fact mm-hmm. that I have been absent from this conversation, you know, because when you take a look at the scriptures, just like, uh, you know, my friend Kyle, my friend Ben came on and, you know, we kind of walked through just the, all the places in the scripture where you see the topic of justice coming up and you see that God is a God of justice and you see that he, he mm-hmm. passionately pursues justice. And, you know, I looked at, it, I'm like, I mean, I knew all this was there, but like, because of the fact that I had never, I guess, experienced any sort of oppression, like, to be honest, I think what was happening is like the reason I didn't see it is because I was reading it kind of through the eyes of an oppressor, not through the eyes mm-hmm. of someone who has been oppressed. And then for me, it was just like Jesus, Jesus was was familiar. My, my friend Ben Riggs talked about this, but like Jesus was familiar with being oppressed. You know, he was a Jew at a time mm-hmm. when Jews were not people that uh, many people liked. He was he was poor. You know, he was he, he lived in poverty he hung out with tax collectors, with sinners, with adult, with adulterers, all that stuff. And I'm like, if that's the guy that I say I'm following, then I need to be able to read this through a lens, not of the oppressor, but, you know, be able to have empathy and compassion for the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it just kind of turned it, turned it upside down for me and really kind of showed me this is something that you need to start getting informed on. So anyway, enough about me. Um, so if you, yeah, if you want to kind of jump, jump a little bit more into uh, some of the other experiences that you've had and just kind yeah. of uh, just your thoughts around and, it. And um, yeah, I had an encounter, uh, two, it was two weeks ago, my fiance, her parents, her, uh, they got in, they were in an accident. They were not at fault, but someone ran in the back of them. Taylor and I were at the house and uh, we got the call. And of course, we hurried over there and to where it was. It was only down, like down the street. And we show up to the scene. And um, as we show up to the scene, you know, we get out the car and we go and try to meet them to see what happened. And the police and the police officers, they, um, as we're like approaching Taylor's car, because her parents were driving her car. The police officer were telling us to get back. The, they don't want anyone around the scene. And um, it was like, what? These, these are our parents and, and all this. And um, they were telling us, get back. We don't need any of this around the scene. And then we're like, okay, 
no, this, we're not going to do, we're not going to give back. These are her parents. We need to check to see if they're okay. And then the other family who just happens to be white and they, they had her, the daughter so is the mother's daughter who got, who was in an accident. But the mother, she shows up and she goes and she's talking to the police and she's all by the police car and she's talking to him, but they say nothing to her. And it's like, wait, why did you say something to us? And But she said nothing to her. So, and uh, that was in the back of, my, um, that was in my mind. It's like, why aren't you telling this lady to get away? And you're telling us to get away. Um, like, we're here to start something. And, um, you know, and, and a thought came through my mind was, um, if I don't get away, are you going to, what are you going to do to me? Are you gonna um use force, you know, to um to get me to comply to because I wanna check up on my parents or my in future in laws. However, thank God it didn't get to that point, but but that was a that was a recent encounter that I had. I was like that just made me question, was that because of race or that because of color that gave her access to not be questioned and but we were questioning why you know, so that was an encounter that I just recently had. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's interesting. Like, it's interesting that, you know, your, your coworker brought that up. I think you said a month ago and then just, just a couple uh-huh. weeks ago, you know, you have that encounter and then all of that is kind of followed up by all of this stuff with, with George Floyd. So like, you know, I know you kind of mentioned some of your, some of the thoughts you had around that, but then like, this thing with George Floyd, you know, this tragedy, this murder of George Floyd comes around. Like, so what were your, what were your thoughts when you first heard the story and have you watched the video yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. When I, so I, I actually, I saw it on Instagram when I was scrolling, um, scrolling Mm -hmm. through the page and I was, I was like, Oh my God, it was terrible. It was painful. It was like, this cop is just taking the knee on him. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just bad. And it's like, he's asking and he's calling for help. So my first is he's defenseless. They got him to the ground. He's arrested and he's screaming. And then, you know, others are uh, saying that he can't breathe and he's calling out um, for his mu- for his mama. And uh, I think that's, that's what really got me. Uh, because he's calling out for his mother, and um, and you know, I think that I think that brings it home not only for the black community, but for everyone. Because everyone has a mother, you know. And, um, and my first thought was, um, how could how could that happen live on the street? And I I just I just don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a I think the word you used was was perfect. I mean, it, it's painful to watch and you're right. I mean, it's, it's broad daylight. It's not like it's at night, you know, it's not like, you know, the, I, I think one of the things that that's kind of struck for me was, you know, I, I, I kind of asked myself at first, like, why was this, like, why did it take this video and this particular incident to, to really bring so much to light and for me to kind of even really, really, really start to pay attention. And I think, you know, when you watch that video, like there's just no, there's nothing you can say to explain 
what happened other than this was just evil. Like this was just this, this was just police brutality because of this man's skin color. And, you know, there's nothing you can point to. I feel like a lot of the times you see a video or whatever, and, or you hear a story and you, you try to explain things away. You try to say, well, yeah, but you don't know what happened before, but you, you know, you don't know what he, he did. He had, you know, he might've had a gun, blah, blah, blah. Like you sit there and watch it for 10 minutes and you're like, this man was not resisting. This man was not doing anything. And like, it just continued. So man, it's just, it's just tragic. Why, why, why it took that to kind of bring about this conversation. But, I mean, it, it, it did. And so what, what have your, what's kind of your headspace been like in the weeks after, in the days and the weeks after the, you found out about George Floyd and just all the stuff going on? Um, emotionally, it, it's been distressing. Um, it's been, it's been painful. It's been, it's been in a hard place. Um, I, I was at work and uh, I was loading the trailer and um, I took a knee while I was trying to push back boxes and stuff. And the first image that comes to my head is the image of the cop taking the knee on his neck, mm-hmm. on George Floyd's neck. And I said, and I just said, I said, wow, this, this, this is like really affected me. Like as I'm kneeling, I'm thinking about someone kneeling and killing someone. You know, and kneeling is usually is shown supposed to be something shown for honor, respect. But um, so it's it's effectively mentally uh, have mental you know mental pictures of of like wow we we saw a, a live murder, and um, so it's played a role. It's played a role of effect of definitely like of 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 me at work, and it's, it's just. I just believe that, man, it's just crazy how much it really affected me just in, you know, simple scenarios, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's hard. It's just like, man, it really penetrates. It really does. Um, I'd be interested to hear, have you had, have you had any, uh, any conversations like, with other people who have kind of reached out and, and said like, Hey Rob, specifically like maybe some of your friends that are white reach out and say, Hey Rob, like how, you know, how has this affected you? Or, Hey Rob, what are your thoughts on this? Or has, have you had any of that? Um, well, I have not. Well, they actually, uh, yeah, I have people reach out to me that, and I, I had lunch bre- breakfast with, with one of my best buds and we talked about it and he said, that's just completely wrong. And I did have someone that texted me and, and, and that actually he, he repented, you know, of saying like, if any, if I've done anything in the past, you know, forgive me, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure this doesn't happen at least around me. So uh, yeah, there's people that's reached out, reached out, especially over the last week or so reached out and had that conversation with at least one of my close buddies. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I'm definitely glad to hear that. I feel like, you know, it's definitely a conversation that, that needs to be, needs to be had and not only just once, but kind of always needs to be had. Um, 
I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this too. Like from the perspective of like, of ministry, you know, just given, given that call that's on your life, you know, how, how do you feel like, has there been any change in how you feel like you um, would approach this conversation? Um, You know, whether it be from a pulpit or, you know, inside of a a church or a congregation, has it, how has that been, what's that looked like um, within your church or, or uh, maybe people at school? Um, from a standpoint of, of the approach of the topic racism or dealing with what just happened, uh, kind of both, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it has to be addressed, at least for myself. Um, I'll tell you personally what I've done. I posted a video, um, two weeks ago on Facebook, um, my thoughts concerning, um, what George Floyd and um, but I think how we are to approach it is um, we definitely have to keep a biblical, you know, biblical, uh, a biblical, you know, foundation on it. Um, you know, the king, the approach it in the kingdom way. And I think that it's important that I, I guess what was what's coming to mind as I'm thinking about this question is. You know, I I hear a lot of statements when people say Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. um, then you hear the counter, All Lives Matter. Yep. So, uh, I think, well, well there's a <laughs> uh, there's one preacher that said, um, Jesus said, "Blessed are those that are that are poor in spirit." And then the preacher cut it and he said, "Well, you would have probably you would have probably been the one that cut Jesus off and said, well, blessed are all people.'" <laughs> Right. <laughs> Jesus. And so my 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 uh, my statement is of course we know that all lives matter but our focus should be on helping you know on the situation right now is helping um the uh, my community black uh, black community and with um in this approach and definitely use biblical approach uh, I I still favor MLK's approach the peaceful protest and um and educating yourself about what you're protesting and and going about it in that format did that answer your question Jeff? yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah and for and for me I, I i really just i feel like i've been i feel like i've been trying to to ask a lot of questions like uh you know when like i said when my friend Kyle came on and even in conversations outside of our episode just asking questions like that just so uh you know i can I can be as, as informed, um, as I can be. So yeah, it d- definitely answered my question. Um, okay. so, you know, but in the, in the last couple of days, we kind of talked about an experience you had, uh, that kind of stuck with you, you know, maybe, um, a, a seemingly simple experience yet had a pretty profound impact with a, uh, a coach when you were in high school and, in, um, you know, you talked about how you think it's kind of symbolic of, uh, of just the hope that, the hope that we have um, concerning racism. So if you don't mind speaking a little bit to that, I think that would be uh, a great, great story for listeners to hear. Yeah. So I was a coach at, at the Berg, Miamisburg high school and um, varsity varsity coach. And it's a Friday night is a way game. And we, um, and then it started, it started pouring, pouring down at halftime. <clears throat> and then, one of the uh, coach gave me, excuse me, and the coach gave me 
um, a rain jacket for outside. So, you know, for outside when we go back on the, onto the field and, um, and uh, you know, I didn't get wet for the rest of the game, but, um, but it's that, that memory has been coming back to mind during the, this time. It's, it's come back to mind several times over the last week where I just remember uh, a white man gave me his, you know, gave me the jacket that gave me a jacket, you know, he thought about me. So I wouldn't, you know, so I wouldn't uh, get drenched in my clothes coaching these coaching on a Friday night. And um, I believe that's, that's profound to me because it, it how it just comes back to mind um, uh, for a time of tragic and tension that's going on in America. And it's just simple acts of love, uh, simple acts of good deeds that I believe that we can just break through. It was a symbol of hope to me, you know, when I, after experiencing an encounter with the guy at work, his statement on racism, then experiencing the, um, with the police. And then I have a memory that is able to bring me back to balance of not all people are like this. So it brings me a sense of hope I have in, in them and, in, in people and for America that through deeds and actions that we can, we can see a better America or there is hope for America. I love that. I love that. I I think too, you know, it, it makes me think of what you mentioned with the whole all lives matter thing. Like, you know, you could have said, even in that, even in that scenario, like, you know, you could have said, well, why didn't the coach give everybody a rain jacket? You know, why didn't he give that to everybody? But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to like, you were the one in need, right? You were the one that, that right. needed it. Um, and likewise, you know, with the, concerning the whole all lives matter, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've seen that, uh, you know, that argument begin on social media and it's just like to me it's a it's a pretty simple explanation which is yeah of course you know all lives matter but the lives that the lives that are are the people who are suffering right now it isn't every single group it's the black community so those are the ones we need to we need to come alongside right you think about it in this sense i'm at your house with you and anna and i and you're and your daughter is crying right now in the room and who, and we have an, my um, Taylor's nephew. He's, and he's sleeping in the room. Which one are we going to focus on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so who's, whose life matters right now? Yeah. More? yeah. <laughs> the baby that's crying life matters. Not that the baby that's sleeping life doesn't matter, but we're going to pay attention to the one that's crying out for help yeah and um you know we're gonna do all that we can to help the baby be happy <laughs> yeah no that's a good that's a good example yeah. it, it makes me think of uh you know when jesus says i came for the for the sick not the healthy like healthy people don't need mm -hmm. a doctor you know it's it's the sick people and then you know you look at the life right. of jesus and he it's kind of that same theme is kind of plastered all over the place like you know, when he talks about when, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink when I was hungry, you know, when I was naked, mm -hmm. when I was a stranger and he goes through the whole list. And then, you know, you think about 
the Good Samaritan. It's like every one of his stories, it's the people who you're supposed to meet the need for, the people that you're supposed to put forth uh, that action for are those who are the most in need in the moment. Yeah. And I think what, what us, what we want, you know, when we say, cause the Bible said, blessed are, are mourn with those that mourn and rejoice that those with those who rejoice. Right. It's like as believers that like, we want you to feel how we feel, you know? Yeah. And like in this situation, we've been experiencing injustice, you know, since we got to this country. Yeah. And it's like, when you say like, all lives matter, you're not, you're hearing, but you're not hearing. Right. Right. And, and, and it's like, uh, you know, you know, we, you know, it's like, we want you to not only feel what we feel, uh, but to also, you know, to help us help, you know, help us break this cycle, help us break this, this chain, this, this spirit of racism that's going on in our nation. And, um, but, but thanks be to God that there has been hope, uh, hope over the last couple of weeks concerning that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I, I can definitely say in my lifetime, I have not, I have not seen this much, um, so I guess support and acknowledgement of the fact that racism, mm -hmm. you know, is, is still here. You know, I, I think I, I was thinking about this the other day and I even mentioned it to one of my friends. I was like, you know, I feel like the reason that a lot of people specifically, you know, the majority, AKA white people, uh, the reason mm -hmm. that I think so many people think that it's not a problem anymore is because, you know, when we're growing up, like in school and stuff, we, you know, you have MLK day and basically what you're taught about when, when you, read about Martin Luther King and just the stuff that happened in the civil rights movement was the, the way that it's always taught is like, Hey, Martin Luther King and the people who lived during that time, the sixties and, and everything, they basically put a stop to racism. Like that's what a third grader's right. mind thinks. And so therefore from that moment forward, that's just kind of what you think. Now that's, that's why I, I mentioned you know, the majority and white people, because that's the thought that sticks with you because of the fact that you never have to face the reality of the fact that racism still does exist. And so you just kind of think like, oh, it doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's over. It's, and then, you know, so I think, you know, maybe it even goes back to maybe we need to just educate even kids at a, at an earlier age, like, Hey, like this happened and there was a lot of progress made, but like, this is still this is still prevalent today. It's still here, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even yeah, uh, you know, even in yeah, for those that are prestige in their sports, like LeBron James, you know, even if you make it, you know, he said we make it. I'm doing the quote the quote with my <laughs> hands. You know, LeBron, you know, the professional athlete, and um, you even got people just telling him to shut up and dribble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think was and a white that, woman, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it, news. Yep, is like white reporter. You know, that's one here. What he has to say outside of sports, you know, just so you got to break that like that stereotype, that that label that people would try to put on you. And um, it's like even like for the if the black community makes it successful, like there is always going to be a label. You know, 
of some sort of you know some sort so um but we have we we progress but have we really progressed like situations like this um with george floyd it makes you think like i i think i wrote the other day like uh, how far we advanced since mlk with children with you know blacks people of color coming together with with white you know with our schools being together with more people of color an accident like this thinks have we advanced or have we just hitting it hitting racism in other areas mm. you know and, and um so it makes you it makes you uh, think about that yeah yeah and i, I you know I, I think for me i'm i'm starting to because you're right that is a thought that i've had too it's like you know once again going back to what i said about you know when you're a little kid this is kind of what you're taught you're taught that basically racism was ended with mlk but you know now you're seeing all this and you're like well that's obviously not the case i I feel like i've started to try to you know educate myself whether it be through things i'm reading or whether it be through uh podcasts or um just documentaries and stuff that i'm reading around certain topics and one of them that i just read that i just listened to actually was there's a podcast called 1619 which is uh, I think it's a New York Times podcast, and in I think it's like part five uh, of the series. But basically, it's this man who's talking about, um, and this was like 1990s into the early 2000s, so not that long ago, was talking about how there was a, it was like a some sort of. Um, uh, what's it called class action or something that was filed against this bank in the South that was basically denying uh, black people loans to farm land. Um, you know, they usually you farmers will farmers will, will go and get their loan at the beginning of the season and then they'll start uh, they'll start planting and, and all that stuff. And you have to have the money to do that. But what was happening was this one particular man, he was like, Okay, my whenever I go to apply for the loan, it's never as much as I ask for. It's never uh, on time. You know, it makes me have to push back my 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 planting um, schedule, and which then forces me to have to work twice as hard to get the same results as some of these other people around me. So there was this lawyer that basically picked up on this, and they said, "Okay, I think other people, other black people in the South, are experiencing this," and they ended up getting like. 16,000 farmers, like black farmers who had experienced Mm -hmm. this same thing. And, you know, a story like that, like when I read it, I'm like, wait, that was 1990. That was 2000s. Like that sounds like something that's from like 19, you know, 20, not something from just while, while I was alive, you know, but it's just, man, like I said, it's, uh, it, it, it kind of puts it all into perspective. Yeah, because I, I I was right. I'm, in my post weeks ago, I said racism doesn't need to be a, addressed in not only in p- the police and law enforcement, but also in education, business, and really all all walks of life, especially education and business and and, and business. Where I, I really feel like it needs to be addressed. In, in every area of life. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, I think, I think that right now that's one of the things that you are seeing a lot of is, 
which is a good thing that, you know, certain executives um, are either stepping down or, you know, are kind of catching a little bit of fire right now for, or flack, I guess, for comments that they made in the past, you know, and, and I'm not saying that we should all necessarily be be held accountable for, uh, well, we should be held accountable, but maybe, you know, I'm not saying we should all have to answer to everything that we did in our past. Cause Lord knows for right. me, I was a whole different person, you know, years right. ago, but at the same time, you know, I think it is, there's that level of accountability though, that, that people are experiencing specifically in the business world where, you know, you're having to, they're having to come face to face with the fact that like, Hey, people are watching this now. People are paying attention. You can't, you can't, continue to get by doing things the way that you've always done them correct yeah yeah it's definitely i i think yeah it's you know it's it's more people's eyes are on it so it's like people even people are on edge you know where you know it is is people are just Going, it's going to be looked at. It's going to be evaluated. But I think my concern is that it doesn't, and even I have to guard my heart, where you can't just automatically say that's racist, you know? Mm. Uh, go into a situation and say, like, assume, like, racism. So I really try to guard my heart on, on that, um, on that, on on those situations. Um, but it is like you really have to guard your heart in this season, um, concerning everything that's going on in America right now. Yeah. And that, that brings up a question that I have for you, which is, you know, I'm sure that, uh, one of the things you mentioned at the beginning was just that you, you feel like you've kind of been in this like emotional state, uh, just feeling a lot of emotions around this. So, for you, do you find yourself struggling um, when you are going into situations where, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a situation in which the majority of the people in a room are are white or, or uh, you know, any situation like that? Do you feel like there's like a bitterness that you're struggling to kind of to lay down or that you're maybe carrying with you in as you enter those conversations and those situations? Um. I think, I think yeah. Some sometimes when you, especially what's been going on lately, yes. And I try to really guard my heart, or uh, from like allowing those seeds to you know uh, like not because not everybody's racist, or, and so to not allow that to play have an influence on in situations that I'm dealing with. And um, so it, it's definitely a constant work that you have to work on and, um, and, and and to really help, you know, ask God to help you really get free, uh, get free in that situation to think clearly uh, uh, what's like what you need to do, like for the wisdom and understanding for what I need to do concerning this when I'm surrounded by people who are majority white. Yeah. And I, and I think that's something that like the reason I, the reason I asked that question is just because I feel like there has to be right now a level of understanding from the, from white people, from the majority that 
that like I guess we have to be able to empathize and understand why that why those feelings of bitterness might might be there, you know, mm-hmm. and why the anger is there because you know I guess I, I think it's easy for for people to kind of feel like surprised like well why are why you know why are people rioting why are people looting why are people doing all this stuff but like you I feel like a lot of the times people are asking those questions from a place of having never actually experienced the impact True. of this. So, you know, it's almost not even fair to ask that question because yeah. there's, you know, it's, if you've never experienced it, well then, yeah, you would be saying, well, rioting's wrong, looting's wrong, but it's, it's having, having never had to find yourself living in that, living through that perspective. Right. Yeah. I, now I guess I want to make this clear. I don't, believe in the looting um i believe in the protesting uh, you know because i believe in the protesting i get i can see why the looting happened especially what i mean we we've been locked down for a long time Gov- jobs have been lost media just shown george floyd you know another killing um with ahmad in georgia so, but I don't, I don't agree with the looting and I believe that we should not be looting because uh, I have a aunt that has her business and if her business got looted, um, oh my God, it would just set, it'd be another, just another tragic, um, another tragic reset for her after she just got her brand new home and it'd just be another reset. However, I think, um, and it takes away Alluding takes away the, you know, the main point. It makes people always talk about the looting, but not why what's underneath why it's hap- why they're looting. Mm. So looting takes away the actual what we're protesting. So um, I, that may be a, unpopular, but I uh, I believe that through peaceful protesting, we can make the change. And you think about it, it was Jesus Himself. You know, I don't want to, Jesus himself, he, he, he was the lamb of God. He walked the earth peacefully and, um, he got things done that way. And so did Martin Luther King Jr. However, when people, I guess when people talk about the looting, uh, what makes other, I guess what makes, when people focus more on the looting and they say the looting is wrong, but they have nothing to say about the death being wrong is is definitely what a lot of people uh, struggle with. So you can't say the looting is wrong if you're not talking about the death. So, and that's where, you know, you can't, and I, my, I, I learned <laughs> you, you will not be able to control people's feelings. You will not be able to control people's opinions. So, and uh, I, I think of Colin Kaepernick and his peaceful protest, you know, it was, you know, it was peaceful, and then now you have the looting going on. So, and now people don't like the looting, but when something was peaceful, now they, you know, that it's like someone's always going to have an opinion about what you do. You know, right, right, yeah. It's th- that's actually been an interesting thing to me. Is like, you know, Colin Ka- Ka- Colin Kaepernick. Uh, you know, he he started doing that years ago. I mean. Mm-hmm. A, a while ago and you know he caught so much flack for that 
I mean, to the point where obviously the, the dude, nobody wanted to sign this guy, uh, which now, you know, people are saying that they do, but you, you bring up a good point, And I think, uh, you know, the fact that what he was doing the whole time, like it was right. And it, it was a righteous thing. And it was for justice, but, mm-hmm. but the majority of people didn't see it as that, but that didn't take away from the fact that what he was doing was right. You know what I mean? Like that the heart yeah. of it was something good. So I guess it's, it's just, I don't know. I guess interesting to me that the thought of, even if you, even if the immediate response from what you're doing isn't what you want, like just standing, still standing for it, or I guess in his mm-hmm. case, kneeling for it, but uh, you know what I mean? Still, yeah. still kind of getting behind it, which, you know, I, I'll be interested to see just, and man, I, I pray that the things that are happening right now and the amount of um, people who are kind of speaking out and who are getting involved I hope it, I hope it carries over and I hope it's not just during the time where people are getting a lot of response and support, but I hope, I hope that if things do, you know, if people do stop talking about this, which I hope doesn't happen, but if they do, I hope that there will still be a massive amount of people who, you know, continue to stand with this, continue to get involved, but I don't know. I hope it doesn't. Right. I hope it doesn't fade <laughs> off. I guess is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Absolutely, we live in a politically correct world, where in the gospel sake, Jesus went into a messy world. Yeah, where things was raw, it was real, and it's authentic. Not ev- our conversation. Like when these things are brought up, it's not going to be. It's going to be distressing. It's going to be uncomfortable. It was going to be times where it's going to be vulnerable. But it is through those times, that's when we grow. It's like being honest. That's when we grow. And um, that's how we move forward from here. And I just think we have to be, Is we can't be politically correct, trying to say the right things, you know? It's just, we have to say, like, we have to say what we feel and how can we move forward in this action? Like how can we move forward by taking action? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And that actually, what you just said is a great segue into um, one of my other questions, which is, I guess you could kind of, uh, you could kind of coin it as the million dollar question, which is, uh, you know, what can we do? Um, And when I say we, what I really mean is what can those, in the white community, um, those in the majority, what can we do to kind of help move things forward? And I know everybody has different thoughts and opinions on this, but I'd love to kind of hear yours uh, around that question. Um, I would say be the good Samaritan, be the light, um, be the change that you want to see. You know, we had, was that in eighth grade, we had that. Uh, be the change that you want to see. Oh yeah. The pride, the pride yeah. thing that we did. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, we talked about change and you know, in that moment, what was going on? People were standing up. They were addressing that they were being bullied. And then that's when it broke. When others saw others brokenness, that's when it broke their heart. Right. And that's how transformation is. It's get the, we get the transform, but I, I would say once someone comes into aware of this, their eyes are open 
Mm. Now I believe that that person has the ability. You remember what Jesus said. You can't pull the speck out of your brother's eye until you take it out of your eye. Mm, that's good. So now once you take that, once that speck is pulled out of your eye, you have you now have the ability to see clearly and to pull specks out of other people's eyes. So I, I believe once I once you see it, now you have the ability to change it. And then that change, like, you know, once you get to that point where the specks out of your own eye and, you know, you kind of realize, wow, this is maybe a problem mm-hmm. that, that I've actually had myself. What, what do you think? Like, do you think in order to be that change, is it conversations? Is it, you know, more like concrete action? Like, what, what are some of the things that you kind of think would be would come after that point? Ooh, I, I think it would. You know, you have that conversation, you realize it with yourself, you repent, you go to God. And then now moving forward is loving uh, your black brothers and sisters as you love yourself and God um, through actions, through words and through and through deeds. And um, I, I believe that that sums up everything that you need to do after you come into realizing oh, this has been a problem. Now I can address it. I love that answer. I, I love, and I think the reason that I love that answer is, is because of the fact that, like you said, you know, I, you said I think that's, I think that's, that's, there's really all there is to it. And you know, I'm kind of of the same mind that, that really loving your neighbor is kind of the answer. Like if we truly love our neighbor, you know, not just saying it, but as you mentioned right. with with word and with deed loving your neighbor, you know, I, I see a lot of stuff that, that, uh, you know, will be posted about here's, here's eight things that you can do. Here's, you know, organizations, which I, I I'm, I'm all for that too. I'm by no means, please hear me. I'm by no means saying that those kind of things are wrong, you know, kind of those actionable concrete steps. I don't think those are wrong, but I think it's when we start to grasp what it means to actually love our neighbor and, and mm-hmm. actually love one another, like you mentioned, you know, I think if we can, if we really get where that comes from and how to do that, I think the other stuff just kind of falls in place because I think when you love your neighbor, going back to what you said about, you know, Jesus, like he, he went to the people who were in need, you know, and I think when we love our neighbor, that's what we do. We go to those who are in need, who, who are struggling, who, who need that love. Cause it's out of, cause the love that I have will overflow. Then I'll be able to give. I'll be able to forgive. Then I'll be able to show mercy and encourage those that are, you know, those that need it. Is when I have that love, when my heart is motivated by love, and that's what I mean. It's just the simplest thing to sum, sum it up. What can you do next? I I just, cause out of love, I I I I. I move out of love. That's where I can take actions, you know, because, you know, it's like with my brother, you know, our, my brother, Chris, our football, I I go to help my brother up when he gets tackled because I don't want to see him on the, on the ground because I love, I'm going to help him up, mm. you know, I'm going to go to, I'm running, I didn't score the touchdown, but Chris scores the touchdown. Or Connor B, Connor Brown scored the touchdown. I'm running to the end zone because I love him. You know, it had nothing to do with me, but 
So, you know, I believe that it's just love, that genuine, not forced love, genuine love for one another. And that's where I believe it takes the spirit of God mm. to get us to that place, the, the gospel, you know, the love of Jesus to create a love in us like that. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that because I do think that, you know, without without that being the source, without having experienced that love first and, you know, not even, you know, let, let's put the current context aside for just a second. Like in any context, really, if that's not the place where the love's coming from, I feel like, you know, it's easy to to love others and to do good unto others almost for our own gain you know, mm-hmm. for, for kind of the wrong motives, I guess. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree when you, when you experience that love, it really kind of becomes a, a self forgetfulness is the, is the way that I've always heard it put that, you know, humility can be, or pride, I'm sorry, not humility, pride can kind of be on both sides. It can be thinking too highly of yourself or thinking too lowly of yourself, um, you know, getting right. too in your head, but then the goal of it is really, self-forgetfulness that you know you're not thinking of well where do i fall where do i fit in you're think you're just thinking of kind of like you mentioned i love that example the oh somebody scored a touchdown let's go celebrate with them or oh somebody got tackled let's go help them it didn't have to do right. with well you know why didn't i score why didn't I, you know why didn't you know it, it's just complete self-forgetfulness yeah because i'm thinking of a scripture that came to mind you know because Paul said, if I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. First mm. Corinthians 13. So if I if I'm given to if you if white people are given to the black lives matter, the, the black community, you're given to us, but it's not out of a place of love, it won't be sustained. It won't go can be carried to the next generation, you know? And um we're that's what we're trying to stop we're trying we want this to carry over from generation to generation not just be a movement but this to be a generational blessing that we're able to carry on to our our children and their children's children yeah amen i don't even after that i'm almost like well <laughs> we we should wrap up that was a that was a that was a, i don't know if we can top that <laughs> <laughs> Amen. it's kind of like man s- simple but profound yeah i was like look at that. i said uh first corinthians 13 i'm like wow yeah yeah <laughs> i'm good if you're good <laughs> yeah yeah i mean man it's it, i think one of the things that i've loved about this episode and about talking with you rob is really the simplicity of it like the the simplicity and and don't get me wrong I guess when I say simplicity, I just mean the simplicity of what we need to do and where we need to get. I'm not saying it's a, it's a super, I, I'm not saying that there's not complexities within the situation. I guess I, Absolutely. I just mean the simplicity of, of where we need to go. Um, you know, it's refreshing, I guess, for, for me to, to, to have a conversation with one of my black brothers who it's just, it's just a simple thing. It's not a necessarily a, you know, here, here, once again, going back to the, here's the 20 things you need to do. Here's all these things you, you, you gotta, you gotta read on, which don't get me wrong. Once again, I'm by no means saying that's wrong. I mean, even my, my good friend, Kyle, he, he came on and, and he gave uh, a lot of resources to, to educate yourself, which is entirely needed. Not saying it's not needed, right? but 
the simplicity, it kind of brings you back to that place of like, man, this is, this is possible. This is a kind of the, there is hope, there is hope. And it's not this far off kind of hope. Like it's pretty attainable if we can just love each other. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I, I agree with you on that comment. Well, it's simple yet. There is complexity in it. Complex. Ah, I can't even say it. <laughs> complexity in it, you know, um, with we were dealing with, with you know, changing of the laws, and, you know, that what's been talked about it, simple, simplematic racism, mm-hmm. you know, that that may be, com- that may be com- complexity trying to work with that. But me loving you, love me loving you, and you loving me, now we can deal with that right here, right now. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to read any. You don't have to read a book or go watch a movie to be able to do that. Well, Rob, thanks, man, for for coming on. It's been it's been a pleasure. We we definitely need to hear uh, more voices like yours, just people who who have wisdom and people who uh, who are just looking at this from from a biblical perspective. Um, just really appreciate your time and, and everything that you shared. Thank you, Josh and uh, Floor Mike. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Very humble that you gave me opportunity to speak on behalf of what's going on in our country and racism. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. And uh guys, if you have any questions for if you have any questions for Rob, um whether it be about the experiences that he shared or you know maybe just some of the thoughts that he kind of shared here, uh feel free to email us those questions and those thoughts. Uh our email is the at gmail.com. I'll say it one more time. The at gmail dot com we will we will be sure to get those to rob uh thanks for tuning in guys uh this is a conversation that needs to continue you know we want to be sure that we're not having these episodes just to kind of check a box but that truly we're having these conversations to to inform us to to educate us and and really just help us to to be that change you know to be that generational change that rob mentioned uh so Uh, Be sure to subscribe. That way you guys get notified when we do have new episodes out, specifically uh, right now, you know, considering it. We we plan on continuing to have these episodes that that are talking about this concept of of racism in our country and justice and injustice and kind of everything, everything in between. So be sure to do that. Uh, Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time.